Tony, the opposite of pro is con. So the opposite of progress is Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We've got an awesome post-election show here for you today. We're going to talk about the market, what's going on in that wide, wide world of money. And we have a special guest with us here today. But first, uh, Mr. Tony Shore, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think your mic is coming in a little hot there, oh Jeff, today. But that uh, <laughs> I, I loved the cold open joke. That was That's good. That was a good one today. Uh, but I have been great. Uh, I've had a good week, uh, despite the weather. I, I'm doing well. Um, how about you, Jeff? How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, the our, our household has gone uh, through colds and RSV here over the past week and a half. And knock mm-hmm. on wood, hopefully not to jinx myself, but I have dodged the bullet thus far. So um, sad my family's gone through that, but happy uh, yeah. I have not. Yeah. Well, we have a special guest. We should check in with him. Uh, who's our guest today? Yes, we have with us today Mr. Keith Gangle, who is one of the portfolio managers from Gradient Investments, which is the portfolio manager we utilize. And uh, he is a CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. And what he does on a day-to-day basis, not to speak for you, Keith, here, if I may, I might oversimplify <laughs> this, but he manages a lot of assets for a lot of people. So he looks at things that are going on in the market and stocks and bonds and all the lovely stuff that we are experiencing right now and helps put together portfolios and plans of actions for our clients and many others across the country to help maximize what they have today. So welcome, Keith, to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. Very good. Long-time listener, well, first-time... First-time uh, participant, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Keith, uh, I, I thought, Jeff, you mentioned uh, CFA, and when I, I always saw those initials behind Keith's name, and after I met him, I assumed it stood for Crazy Fun Amazing. You exactly. That, I think it, that's exactly it what doesn't? it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. We're excited to have Keith here today. And uh, he's I was talking to him before we started the show and he's going to jump on after listening to the show. He's going to give us an honest five star rating for our podcast. So we do really appreciate that in advance, Keith, for your support. (laughs) Completely unsolicited. That's right. Correct. I'll take that candy bar back. Um, But yeah, we thought we would talk today and why Keith is on here is this is the stuff that he deals with. And we've had a a big week over the past week and really over the past month as the markets bounced up and down quite a bit. We had the election last week, actually, you know, a little over a week ago. A little over a week, yeah. And Wait, there was an election? They, I hadn't heard. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to remind you, Tony. Uh, so the results are pretty much all in on that so far. One more to go that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, that is uh, 
has an impact on the market. And we'll talk about what kind of impact that has, but we have a little bit of gridlock with that. And Keith kind of kicking this off is what do you see from the election? What are, where are the results so far? If, if, if people are not dialed in on that, uh, what's left, what's that outstanding item out there and so, what kind of impact do we see that having on things? Sounds good. You touched on it already. We're in now gridlock officially. So gridlock means that basically two parties have different parts of control of the government. So before going into election, it was all Democrats. They own the presidency with Biden. They also own Congress with the House and Senate. So obviously Biden wasn't up for election, but the Congress was. And that was, expectations were for Republicans actually to win the House, 85% polling going into that. And there was a slight chance that they also win the Senate, but that didn't happen. So right now where we're standing is we have 50 Democratic senators, 49 Republicans, with one race open, that's still in Georgia. That's going to run off. That's going to be December 6th. So regardless if uh, Republicans win that seat, it's still going to be controlled by the Democrats because the vice president breaks ties there. So nothing changed there. What changes is the House. That took actually till I think it was yesterday, it was official announced that Republicans got 218 seats. So that's a majority. So with the majority, now they have a split Congress, which is ultimately, we think as investors, a good thing. That means gridlock. Gridlock is generally- For the market, it's good. Yes. Yeah. Why, why is gridlock a good thing? Can you kind of explain for folks why Why would we want to see such a thing? doesn't sound like the kind of thing you want to sit through. You're on the, the highway. <laughs> we don't want gridlock. No, on the highway, <laughs> you certainly don't want gridlock. But in Congress, we like it, especially as investment professionals and even company management teams like it. The reason I like gridlock is no big policy changes are going to happen, left or right. So if you're, you like the left side of things, those big policy changes are not going to happen. If you're on the right-hand side of things, those aren't going to happen as well. But it's easier for investors to plan for the next two years. There will be no major policy changes. Same on the Democratic side. One of the fears were is if the Democrats maintain control of everything, there would be potential increases in taxes. Maybe not so much on the individual side of things, but corporations. The U.S. corporation tax rate right now is 21%. If you remember back three years ago, it was around 35%. So it got lower from 35 to 21%. And so what happens if the Democrats could have won, they could have raised that from 21% to say, 23, 24, 25. I don't think they would have got crazy about it to help some of their funding initiatives, but that's off the table now. So it's status quo, which I think is good for corporate earnings. So that should be good for the S&P 500. Good. And big businesses, correct me if I'm wrong, but they like this as well, because if they're planning on, like we have 3M pretty close to here in our net, our uh, neighborhood, neighborhood, and if they decide they want to make a build a three hundred million dollar plant, they're looking at the political landscape and taxes and all the things that impact that. If they know pretty well what's going to happen on the political landscape, that makes it more reasonable for them to be able to plan for that. Versus if the pendulum's swinging too blue or too red, yep. it's a little unknown. Is that a fair statement? Exactly. Like I said, we like gridlock, so no major policy changes are going to happen. So in that example, like three M, they're going to look for the next couple of years. There'll be no big tax increases because if there's tax increases then they potentially their earnings would be less and they have to, generally speaking, they want their earnings to stay high. So they have to do other things. They'd have to like cut employees, cut other expenses. But if tax rate, corporate tax rate is not going to change, it's business as usual for them. So they can keep planning on their current plan. So it's, it's actually wow. a good thing. Good. Yeah. And I've heard guys, uh, tell me if you guys have heard this or experienced it, but I read an article uh, just uh, yesterday that said uh, after midterm, the year after a midterm election, for the, since 1950, the market has always had an up year and the average return when it's been a divided House and Senate, like it, like it's going to be, 
is between 13 and 16% gains on average. Yeah, the actual, the numbers that we look at since the 1950s, the year after yep. a midterm election, every, every election there's been 18 of them. Every year has been positive, regardless of who's in charge, whether it's Democrats on top wow. or Republicans on top. doesn't matter yep. if Congress is split or not split. The year after a midterm election is fantastic. The average has been 15%. Now, that's an average. Historically, things could change. Things could get worse or whatever. But if you look at historical averages for, fifth, for uh, the 18 time periods, having a 15% return, that's pretty solid. So, which is basically two times the average return of the S&P over the long periods of time. So, it's a good environment to be the, you know, the one year after midterm. The other interesting fact that, you know, Jeff and I were talking about is when you have divided government, whether it's Republican or Democrat on top, you know, the presidency, if Congress is controlled by the opposite party or a mixed thing, we have 14% annualized return. So, that's another stat in our favor. So, with a Democratic president, Democratic Senate, and Republican Congress, we get the split divided government which annually has returned 14%, and that's since 1932. Wow. So basically, Keith, wow. you're guaranteeing 14%. That's one thing we do oh, not no. do, but we look at historical averages a lot. Did I hear the word guarantee? You have to shut it down, Tony. Reboot. Yeah. Reboot the podcast machine. No, we, 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 no. we like to look at history, though, just for reference points. So it's, oh, it's yeah. definitely a yeah. po- positive backdrop. Yeah, it's a positive outlook. And so that's that's good. And I know that has a lot of folks uh, being optimistic, which is another thing we, we like is optimism, especially after a year like 2022. And Tony likes to look at history, too. He looks at what he ate yesterday in order to determine <laughs> what he should eat today. <laughs> <laughs> My history of pizza choices is what I'm looking at most often. Yeah, a little yes. variety. <laughs> yeah. So the market we should see based on history, uh, if things repeat themselves, which they often do, but sometimes don't, we should see that as a good thing, uh, a good reading in the tea leaves, if you will, going forward. The biggest thing that's been on the radar this year, the biggest impact, even more so than the midterms, I would say, is inflation. So what is going on with inflation and the Fed and what are we seeing? What's occurred up to this point? What do we kind of expect to happen going forward, Keith? Yeah, the biggest overhang on the overall markets, both the stock market and the bond market, like the S&P 500, I think as of the other day, was down about 16% year to date. Pretty bad performance. The bond market itself was actually down 13%. That's absolutely terrible for the bond market. Typically, when you buy bonds, you're buying for safety and a little income. But when rates were so low on the 10-year treasury going into this year, we had high inflation. So the Federal Reserve starts raising the Fed funds rate to curb inflation. So the interest rates go up. And when interest rates go up, your bond prices go down. So that's where you get that negative return on the bond market. So what's driving the overall stock market and the bond market is high rates of inflation. We're trying to get it down. We peaked at about 9.1%, or at least what we think is peaked at 9.1%. Now you saw the market uh, act pretty positive here last few weeks because the CPI data, which is a measure of inflation, came out the other day. It was at 7.7%. That's still a very high number, but expectations were for 79 us simpletons on the investment side of things, we just like direction. So it went from 9.1 a previous few months ago to actually 7.7. 7. So we think that 7.7 7 is going to go to, you know, towards 7, then you get to 6, then you get to 5. Long-term goal for the Federal Reserve is 2%. I don't think we're anywhere near getting that. But generally speaking, if inflation still comes down, that means the Federal Reserve can take their foot off the brake, which is increasing a Fed funds rate, 
And that's a good thing for the overall stock market and the bond market as well. That's good. And you, you mentioned something in there we've talked about a few different times recently on the show is directions. It's not as much good or bad. It's better or worse. And what trend are we heading in? And the market reads off of that. If we get a good inflation read, even though it's still high, it's coming down, the market moves positive. Exactly. And you know, like I said, markets are a lot about expectations, even though it's a bad number at 7.7, seven, it's way too high. But Seven seven is better than nine one, and if you you know start going forward and you get to that seven number, that six number, market will be happy. You know the Federal Reserve takes their foot off the brake. The good thing we got you know un- our employment still full. You know unemployment's at three point seven percent, so the backdrop of the overall economy is pretty positive. Again, what we're fighting right now is inflation. So as soon as inflation comes down, then you kind of get the all clear sign. Yeah, that's good. So bonds up to this point, we've been I think collectively been bearish, if you will, on bonds because where interest rates have gone up to this point and you bear that bears true with the returns you were talking yep. about there with the bond market this year. It bears oh, true. Gosh. I see what wow. did I did. I didn't even mean to do that, Tony. Um, no, but going forward for people that are investing in new bonds that are being issued now, those are now paying a higher interest rate and we might still see interest rates increase in which those new bonds today might go down in value. But are you moving more towards uh, neutral or, or positive as yeah, far as bonds? That, that's a great question. We were kind of underweight, recommending underweight, actually the bond portfolios as a whole. Now with the rates moving up where they are, we're more neutral because a new investor now, if you can get on ten-year Treasury, you'll just say that proxy for the overall bond market. You're getting four percent. That's not too bad if you're in retirement age. So then you layer on some you know equity and some growth profile there. You can get some nice returns. So, but we're still not to the point where you know that like you mentioned that rates can still go a little bit higher and bond prices go down. But I think now for a new investor, it's a good time to be allocating a little bit to the bond market. That's good. And one of the things that has become a lot more popular, a tool that we're using a lot more this year because the the market, despite itself, outside of this year, it's gone up. If you look back prior to COVID, we're up beyond that. Over the last five years, we're up a lot. But there's still what we're experiencing this year. The market's gone down, but people are waiting for it to bounce back. So a tool we've used a lot this year is one of your portfolios called the Buffered Index Portfolio, which generally you have some upside growth potential over a period of time, subject to some upside limits. And on the downside, you either can have full protection or a limited amount of protection based on what strategy you utilize. Are you seeing other folks use those a lot as well? And why is that? Yeah, that that's our fantastic. That's probably our biggest seller. And that's kind of what I was most excited about going into this year because exactly right. They, they provide participation up to the market to a certain cap by also providing nice level of downside protection. We were offering buffers with 15, 20, 30% buffers on the downside. So the market's already, like I mentioned, say the S&P is down 15%. You get one of these new new buffers down 20% that are two years out. Do I think the, you know, the market's going to be down 20% two years from now? I doubt it. But by giving you that protection, we also allow you to participate with the market. And there's some generous caps here, well above 20%, some of our recent issuance. Yeah. And the terms on those have gotten a lot better this year. Can you explain in general? I know that can get pretty yeah, deep there, I, but why, why has, have those gotten better this year? Yeah, not to get too wonky or technical, but the two things for us to watch is when interest rates go up, which we just talked about, right? The 10-year treasury yield is at about zero. Now it's about 4%. That helps. The other thing is volatility. When you see a lot of volatility in the market, that's a good thing for pricing these buffer products. So with volatility up and bond markets up or interest rates up, that's a great environment where the caps will go up higher and we can still offer these generous buffers. And Tony, what's your opinion of the buffer? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I love buffered indexes and buffered <laughs> portfolios because I like some downside protection, especially after the 2022 that we've had. So uh, people who were in buffered portfolios and buffered indexes uh, didn't have to experience all of the loss, right? That's right. That's, that's, ex- that's exactly why they've been a fantastic right. product for 2022. And I still think yeah. they're a great product going forward because we even have ones that are offering 15% buffer with an uncapped upside on a couple of various indexes. So that's, that's a nice opportunity if you can tie up your money for about two years. Yeah. And stepping back, you know, part of what we do at Paladin Financial is we're putting together a holistic financial plan investments of various types, different tools are used in that plan. And we use great investments in your portfolios a lot for our clients, but everyone's situation is different. Buffered index, traditional portfolios. We're going to look at all of that for you and put together a comprehensive plan that makes sense for the risk level that you're comfortable with, what stage of life you're in, how you're using your assets. So these are just some ideas, but that's something we'll help to dial in for you uh, as we work through navigating retirement for you. And the one of the questions, Keith, too, that we hear a lot right now, and without becoming political on this, but some people come in and they're not happy with the current administration and they're very fearful about what's going to happen over the next few years before the next presidential election and worried about the impact of the the Biden administration and some of their approaches to things. What would you say to someone that has that fear, that concern? Yeah. The biggest thing we always tell people is keep your politics separate from your investment decisions. So half the country right now is, you know, leans right and half the country leans a little left. So it's a mixture, but just because your guy got elected or didn't get elected, do not change your investment plan. That's why you're working with Jeff. You're setting long-term plans. You remember, we, we're, as an investor, as a portfolio manager, I'm investing in companies. I'm not investing in politicians. So politicians will come and go, right? Two-year, four-year cycles. When I'm going to make an investment in Home Depot or Walmart or Target or these various companies that we're investing in, we're looking out one, three, five years, and we're looking at what their capital budgets are. Same thing that the CEOs do. So that's how we're looking to invest. We don't want in a decision like, oh, my guy didn't get it elected. I'm going to pull all of my money out. Mm-hmm. Got to remember long-term, the markets are averaging 7%, regardless of who's in charge, whether it's a Republican on the top of the ticket or Democrat on the top of the ticket. Like I said, what we like, generally speaking, though, is a gridlock. And that's where we, those numbers I showed you earlier, we're up 14% annualized when you have a split government with a Democrat on top and a split Congress. So that, that's a good scenario. And that's kind of what we're going to be in for the next two years. Good. Very good. And last topic I wanted to touch base on is earnings and the impact that has on the market. And what are we seeing with earnings recently? With Yeah, Jeff, I've been meaning to talk to you about my personal <laughs> <laughs> as co-host get, of this show. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> I'm cutting out. Yeah, you're cutting out. <laughs> no, so what we look at investing in companies, we look at ultimately what drives overall stock markets, corporate earnings. Generally speaking, expectations this year for, for about 10% growth coming into the year. We're going to settle out. I think, you know, we're through three quarters of the year. We're around 6 7%, so still fairly healthy growth. Expectations for next year were for 10%. That's now down to 6%. We think that 6% is probably still too high, but we're growing still. We think Again, a lot is going to depend on inflation, what the Federal Reserve does. The Federal Reserve continue to raise 75 basis points. It gets too aggressive. I think they could put us into a more of a, even if we're in a slight recession, I think we're fine. But if the Federal Reserve gets too aggressive, that can be a deeper recession, which then corporate earnings go down more. That that 2 to 4% earnings growth we think next year could actually be flat or negative. 
which ultimately would be negative for the stock market. So we'd like to see the Fed start taking their foot off the brake. Okay. So Fed, listen up. <laughs> listen to Keith here. We, we listen to Jeff's podcast here and, and listen, we, we got all the advice you need to hear. So just, just dial it back a little bit. And But corporate earnings for this, cor- we just got through earnings season or just finishing it up. Generally speaking, they start out very strong. We saw some hiccups in large cap tech companies. Basically, the hiccup there was that they overhired and spent too much on CapEx. They had too many buildings, too many, too much expansion due to the COVID. They thought everything was going to go online and everything on technology is going to be great. So now they've had to cut back employees, cut back some CapEx. So their quarters were not that great. But outside of tech, generally speaking, they were good. We had great earnings out of Walmart this week. Uh, Lowe's, Home Depot were fantastic. Target wasn't as good. That's a little bit more on the discretionary item thing. So things are slowing a little bit, right? Because inflation for Walmart was partly driven by food prices going up. So then they had better store sales. Okay. So whereas Target's more discretionary, discretionary. meaning versus yep. Walmart. Is, your home good yep. type of thing, you know, your end tables or various things like that. Yeah. Electronics okay. was a little bit slow. So, but we think Target's a great company longer term. We actually own it. We think going forward, when you look out the next year or two, they'll, they'll, they'll figure this out and the stock mm-hmm. will be fine. Okay. There are probably a few smart people there, I'm guessing. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we've talked a lot about uh, politics and politicians here today. I did hear there's some hope with the election results settling in that Republicans and Democrats are going to come together to allow medical marijuana for the purpose of relieving arthritis pain. So there's expectation there'll be joint support for joints for joint support. <laughs> so we'll have to see if that pans out. Gosh, wow. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you might've wanted to kept on waiting on that one. <laughs> uh, okay. On that note, um, right. The high level stepping back from all of this, we can't control any of this nonsense that's going on out there. What we can control is, are we staying invested? How much are we investing? Where are we investing that? Are we consistent with our behaviors? What's our income? What are our expenses? Having a plan and understanding what everything, what every dollar is doing for you in preparing for retirement. And that's what we can do for you. So if you're not currently working with Paladin Financial, give us a call. Come in for a complimentary second opinion on your plan, not your neighbors, not your friends, not your whoever's, as let's dig in and understand when should you file for Social Security, your pensions, how do you get the most out of that, where are you putting your money today, are you optimizing your returns, reducing risk, lowering your taxes long term. So give us a call if you'd like to come in for a complimentary second opinion on your plan. You can reach us at 651 842 8406 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com and you can also send an email to info at financialpaladin.com so as always we appreciate you taking some time to join us here this week keith thank you for joining us as a special guest thanks for having me it's been fantastic tony i miss you (laughs) (laughs) and uh (laughs) i miss you too jeff and keith yeah great having you on the show very good thank you take care thanks guys All right, that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. 
Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.